Hi everyone, my name is Mare Verk and welcome to Life on the Farm. Hi everyone and welcome back to another week at Life on the Farm. It is the start of match week which is so crazy to think that we're already here and I know that med schools actually figure out today if they matched or not which I think it would be really cool to find out when we're in pharmacy school too but nonetheless I know this is a very stressful time for everyone and so I hope you're taking some time to check in with yourself if you're going through the match process this year and before you know it Friday will be here which is both really nerve-wracking but also really exciting at the same time. But this week I wanted to go ahead and catch you up all on what I have been doing on my cardiology rotation. It's been two weeks since we last checked in and a lot has happened. And so talk about the title as I always do. I got a really big team and that has to do with both my patients as well as kind of some more talking about working with the interdisciplinary team. And so yeah, basically for the last couple of days, my service has been capped at the number of patients. So we are at our max of 16. And it was definitely really interesting getting acclimated to that and really getting used to having that much on my plate. But of course, with everything, it's a learning experience. I was happy to be there and to do it. And so I thought I'd share with you all what my experience was like. So without further ado, let's get into it. So to kick things off in talking about having a really large team, I'm going to start with having a ton of patients on my service. And so just to give you some background as to what the cardiology service looked like before last week, we had about five to six patients on a day-to-day basis. We would sometimes have 10 people on at a time and our max is 16. So just keep that in mind. And so after a couple of weeks of being able to manage about six to 10 patients on a day-to-day basis, I really had things on lock. I knew exactly when I should come in, how long it would take me to pre-round, how to figure out my rounding situation and typing out my eye events, about what time I would be done, and basically be able to plan out my day-to-day. Things were laid out for me, I had a process that worked, and things were smooth sailing, not gonna lie. And then I guess kind of alluding to what the really big team was is that it was like any other day, so just picture this with me. I had finished rounding on five to six patients and I was ready to go. For the next day, I came home, started studying for the NAPLEX, which by the way, 10 out of 10 would recommend start doing like a chapter a day or even half a chapter a day just because I'm about a rotation and a half away from finishing my appies, but I feel like every day that I'm able to do just a little bit is a little less that I'll have to do in the month of May. So just like a pro tip, if you're in the same position as me or if you're looking for advice for later on read at least half a chapter, if not a whole chapter each night. And especially ones that pertain to your rotation definitely helps the material stick better. It's super relevant and I feel like I'm able to bring up more of that information during rounds, a lot more background information just because it's fresh at the front of my mind. But that was a sidebar. Back to picturing what this day looked like is I had a normal team, like I mentioned. I go home, finish my NAPLEX review for the day. And right before I go to bed every night, I like to check out what my patient list looks like. And so we use Epic. We have Epic Access at home, which has been really helpful for projects, patient workups. And so I like to check in just to see what happened for the rest of the day, which of my patients are still there, who ended up actually getting discharged. And then of course, seeing how many new patients were added to our service. And so for the most part, over the last couple of weeks, we discharge about one to two people a day. We admit one to two people a day. And so it's been pretty steady, right? Five to six to 10 people, whatever it may be, never really crossing that double digit mark into the teens and whatnot. 
But imagine my surprise when one day I go log on and I see that we have admitted 11 additional people. And I know each hospital does things really differently. And so the on-call days, the days that we pick up patients can vary. Um, I know things work a little bit differently with this particular team and the service and whatnot. And so we picked up so many people at one time. It was a very busy afternoon. My team absolutely killed it. I can't believe they did that many consults and whatnot, but it was definitely wild to see. And so just walking you through also my initial reaction, I think number one, my jaw dropped. Number two, I audibly gasped. Both of those are because I'm mildly dramatic. And then from there, I went to a slight nervousness, definitely feeling overwhelmed. And I went from oh my God, how am I going to do this to, okay, how am I going to do this? And for me, it's a really quick switch. I think my initial reaction to these things are, I definitely get stressed out. um, But for me, it's always about having a game plan and figuring out how I'm going to move forward because this isn't impossible. Pharmacists do this all the time. They manage teams and I definitely also push myself really far. And so for me, this was a challenge that I was excited to take on because I definitely want to be in that position one day. I want to be a pharmacist who can manage their own team. And so, yes, I was very overwhelmed at the beginning. I definitely panicked a little bit. I did not know how I was going to be able to manage this all on my own. And at the same time, I was also really determined to prove myself and prove to not only my preceptors, but also to myself that I can do this because this is what's exciting to me. And what I got into pharmacy to do was to manage patients, treat them all as individuals, and really be able to apply my expertise to each of their individual cases at all different levels of acuity. And so for me, I think once I saw that list, my next idea was to figure out what time I needed to go in. So if you go on the Life on the Farm podcast Instagram, you can see that I have a sample schedule of what a day in my life looks like. And so I definitely needed to allot a little bit more time the next morning for my own pre-rounding. And so I think I came in an extra hour and a half to two hours early. It's just something that has to be done sometimes. Um, But again, I was actually really motivated and it's kind of fun being up early in the morning. Nobody's on the freeway it's very peaceful like the sun hasn't risen yet Um, daylight savings happened today it's Sunday and so it was actually like a little bit lighter but now it's a little bit darker and so just because I went in this morning also I just really like mornings maybe I'm the only person I am a night owl but on the days that I have to be a morning person I'm high key about it and so I made sure to go to bed immediately I think it was already like 11 p.m so that was my bad but I made sure to go in early so that I could work up my patients and I think it was good that I had the foresight another reason that I like to check my patient list the night before just so I know if I need a make any adjustments and so I was able to go in and what I did when I went in was I started off by sorting my patient list by the unit that they were physically in and so on Epic it shows you where they are I can just sort that column and then I know for each physical location what acuity that patient is and so I start with my ICU and I work all the way down to ED. And the reason that I do that is my ICU patients tend to be the highest acuity. And so they have a lot of different problems going on. Sometimes they're intubated. So you have to look at all of the different vent settings, You looking at what their sedation and their analgesia is going to be, whether or not they have an infection. Not that you don't take that into consideration for the other patients, but again, ICU means higher level of care. And so I definitely want to make sure that I start there. For me also, if I start with something that's 
that's super hard and complex, it allows my brain to kind of turn on a little bit faster. So I like to start with those patients first. I then move on to my floor patients. So those who are not ICU level, uh, they're still there for things like end uh, STEMI, STEMI. They might be post-procedure for a TAVR or whatnot, a lot of CHF exacerbations. So it really just depends. But again, those that aren't ICU level, but they're admitted to the floor elsewhere. And then we also have our ED patients. And these are the ones that are either still needed to be consulted on. So whether they're going to even come to our service uh, or if they are already on our service, they're just waiting to be moved to their room. And so that tends to be the last place we go because they're stable for the time being, just awaiting transfer. And if they're being consulted on, that means that there are different teams taking a look to figure out who's going to admit them. And so I find that this is the best way so that I start off really strong, kind of get those gears moving. And as I move through it, it really starts to warm things up and I'm ready to go. And like I mentioned, for each of my patients, I have daily interventions called events that I write in EPIC, the electronic medical record, as I already mentioned. And so with all of these patients on the first day, there was absolutely no way I was going to be able to do this. As I was working through all of them, there was so much going on with them. I didn't know what the plan was with the team. People had just been added really early on in the night and so there hadn't been too many notes dropped from other services and so there was a lot of unknowns and there was a lot of liability in what was going to happen next and so I figured the best choice for me and not rushing through those notes, making sure that they were comprehensive, solid handoffs for whoever was to access them to check if a therapy was what we had discussed or whatnot, was to use the EPIC sticky notes. And so if you use EPIC at your institution, I highly recommend utilizing the yellow and blue squares in the top left-hand corner. These have absolutely saved my life. The yellow sticky note is an individual sticky note for yourself only. So when you're in a patient chart, that yellow sticky note, you can open it up and leave yourself notes and ideas or anything you want to refer back to and only you can see it. And in the event that there's some information that you want anybody who accessed the chart to know, you can open up the blue sticky note and anyone who opens up the patient's chart can see what notes you leave as well. And so for me, my game plan on this first day of having so many people was to assess my patients and leave myself the notes about the recommendations that I wanted to make. It was quick, it was dirty because I just didn't have the time to put in the eye events. And unfortunately in the student view, or maybe there's a different view that I'm not aware of, but for us, anytime we want to open up an eye event, we have to open the patient profile completely and you can't save them without it publishing. And so unfortunately you can only have four patients open at a time. And that is only a fourth of the number of patients that I currently had. And so I just decided to use those yellow sticky notes as a way to indicate to myself what I wanted to share, what ends up happening. And that way I could write my notes later. Mind you, and looking back on this, this took way too long just because after rounds, if you can imagine rounding on 16 people, I then had to write all of those notes. I think this was the longest day I had had in a long, long time. It took me almost two and a half to three hours just to keep everything straight. We had almost a third of our patients were ICU and so a lot was happening and I think Looking back, if I were to do it differently, I think I would have just shortened my interventions. 
I noticed that I do write slightly longer ones than the other pharmacists. And so I think that's definitely an area I can continue to work on. And I've already started to as I've had this larger team for the last five or six days. And so definitely something to keep in mind. And then the next thing that I wanted to talk about is just being able to go on walking rounds. And so I also have a post about this on the Instagram if you're interested. So my team does table rounds in addition to doing bedside rounds. And so what's really helpful is this is just I guess a general tip in having a huge team is that I carry a laptop our school provided us one through the institution and so this is the other way that I'm able to quickly pull up my recommendations and jot down notes and everything it's been super helpful I have a live record with me at all times and I guess this is kind of like a sidebar is that it makes you super valuable on the team not that you aren't already, but what I mean by that is, is that we have so many patients in different units, like I mentioned, that using a WOW or those workstations on wheels where you have a laptop that you can push around really isn't that feasible. Like I mentioned to you, we're on cardiology. My attendings take the stairs like nobody's business, which is awesome. I've actually, fun side note, is that today I was working or on rotations or whatnot, and we took the stairs four flights and my heart wasn't pounding at the end of it. So your girl's getting stronger. I'm able to, I've built up my stamina and my endurance and I'm very proud of that. So in addition to that, what I was mentioning earlier, the important point is that having a laptop and being that person that has the patient's EMR with you involves you in the conversation more so. So the attending starts to turn to you to ask you about certain things. And I know this sounds small and trivial and whatnot, but when people are turning to you, asking questions, you're providing them information, information. For me, I felt like it really just helped to solidify more and more just being present and engaged. For me, I think it's great to have it just because I use it to check if and when a med's been administered, what the current list looks like, what their results in their labs are, because that's huge for us. That's literally everything. And being able to provide that to the team who's kind of in the dark as we do the bedside round portion, because when at table rounds, we have the computer on the projector, the screen's pulled up, but when we're on bedside rounds, it can be a little bit harder. And so pro tip, if you're ever wondering kind of the best way to round, and if this situation sounds like something you may be involved in, I can't stress enough the importance or the benefit of having a laptop if you can, or even an iPad. I just know that Epic opens up on a laptop much easier and it's easier for me to type on a laptop. So whatever works for you, but just some general advice if you need to round on the inpatient service. I think it's super helpful to have that on hand. And so after we round on all of our patients, I actually throughout rounds, just a small note that I want to mention, a key tip for organization and something that I started to do on the day that I picked up this huge team is that I opened up a sticky note and I believe they have it on both iOS and Windows. And I started to take notes of all the things that I needed to follow up on after rounds. And these are things that we have already talked about. They're things that are pharmacy specific that don't need to happen in the particular moment, but I can follow up with afterwards. And so these include my anticoagulation events. So we not only write events for our patients in general, but in the event that they are on therapeutic anticoagulation. So whether it be a heparin drip or on therapeutic Lovenox, whatever it may be, we have to add an additional event. And so again, when I'm doing my initial patient workup, I assess the appropriateness in that moment. But as far as making the note itself, I want to make sure that it's complete and thorough and all of the information is there. And so I write those notes afterwards. So I quickly jot down what exactly I need to do for those. 
And then the other things that I follow up on after rounds are, again, like I mentioned, a lot of admits at one time mean a lot of antibiotics starting in the ED and then moved up to the floor or to the ICU. And so that's a lot of vanco, especially for some of our patients who have a septic picture. And so making sure that I evaluate everyone's vanco loading dose, when and what their maintenance dose should be, when and if they need a trough, and actually before any of that, assess the appropriateness of it. I like to get an MRSA nary swab, make sure that that's there, and do the whole nine yards. So making sure to follow up on those. And then the other thing that I've actually been doing a lot of is figuring out how much a patient's amiodarone load needs to be and figuring out a schedule as far as getting them to a maintenance dose. So a lot of our patients either go into V-fib or are in AFib. They're started off on an amio drip. So they have that 24 hour sequence where you start off with a 150 milligram bolus. Then you go to a one mg per minute for six hours and then a half a mg per minute for 18 hours and that's a 24 hour cycle. And then from there, patients stay on a 0.5 mg per minute drip. And so as they stay on that, eventually when they're able to be transitioned to PO, we go ahead and do that at 400 BID. But from there, I need to figure out exactly how much amio they need to get for how long to hit that 10 gram load. And then from there, figuring out their transition to their maintenance dose, depending on their indication. So again, all of this doesn't need to be happening on rounds. I can just make sure I do my calculations and drop my dates in my note and then follow up with my team so that we have a plan in the long run. And I think something else to mention because Again, I did not pick up all of this on that first day. There were definitely bumps and things going on and it felt overwhelming like throughout those moments is that it's important to voice to your preceptors when and if you need help. Something that I really appreciated was that when I did go in, they had identified that I had a really big team and offered to help me. And like I mentioned, for me, it was to prove to myself that I can do it and I very much was up for the challenge. Um, but it was nice to know that I had that support and that if I did end up needing help, that they were there for me. And so you definitely don't have to do this. Like this isn't a necessary thing. There's no need to take on this many people at one time, but just to also know that I knew that I had support. And I think that was a huge critical part of it as well is kind of knowing that I had people in my corner. And so I think that also made it a little bit easier to kind of take all of this on. Um, so just something else to keep in mind because I think that can be huge. I think if I felt unsupported or if I felt like that this all rested on me and that I didn't really have anyone to turn to or to lean on, it would have felt a little bit more overwhelming than it already was. So never be afraid to ask for help. I think my preceptors are amazing in offering such and I think it's important as students to be able to voice when we do need help because this is a learning experience for us and I know sometimes it can feel like you're just working through one thing after another another and nothing's really sticking. You're not really taking the time to evaluate and assess and use your clinical judgment and I think that's the biggest thing to take away and something that my preceptors value and so I think it was great we were all on the same page. And then really quickly in regard to working with a big team, my interdisciplinary team isn't very big per se. We have an attending, a fellow, and then one to two residents and one to two interns. But something that's been really great when working with a large group of people is creating a group chat. And so early on in this rotation, for a few weeks we didn't have one, but at one point the fellow 
had actually been using one in his other services and recommended we started doing the same. And I thought this was a great idea because it definitely helped to keep us all on the same page. We get live updates, not to mention you don't have to ask somebody every morning when and where rounds are because they send it at the end of the service, which is great. I love that. And so I feel like it's also helped us work together and kind of get to know each other a little bit better just because also we could have some general questions Although each patient is assigned to a particular resident or intern, I think sometimes it can be helpful to throw out questions and ideas to the entire team. And so it's just a really great tool. And so I can't recommend it enough. If you do use a messaging system at your hospital, we use Tiger Text. I think it's a great way, again, to stay on the same page. You can always put yourself on do not disturb. I think this is also a great way for my team to know when I'm no longer there, just because they do work with different hours than myself. And then that way they know they can reach out to the cardiology pharmacist directly. And so again, I think it's just a great way to keep communication open. Um, it's an easy way for me to communicate what the pharmacists say to me, to my own team, just in general as well. And I feel like it's definitely helped to bring us together a little bit better. And so, yeah, I've actually had a really great experience meeting all of the different residents and working with them. And I actually had one of the residents who's sadly no longer on my service. She wrote my feedback survey. And so at UCSF, we have to have two interdisciplinary surveys done by two people who aren't pharmacy that we work with while on rotations and so we had to have one done before winter break and so I actually had one of the medical students I work with in the ICU write one for me and then I had the medical resident I work with on this rotation do my other one and it was honestly so great getting to work with her for a couple of weeks and then have her write my eval and give me feedback because it was such a joy to work together and I feel like we definitely got to really collaborate and I think it's awesome when you're able to build those relationships with people because you never know when you're going to run into them again and kind of where your journey is going to go and if you'll cross paths and again you just meet for that moment in time and so we'll definitely keep in touch and so it was so weird not having her on rounds today but I was able to have the other resident that was also there so he and I are still on service together which is awesome and I've gotten to know two new interns who started today as well so again I think it's great just to be able to really connect as a team because things are changing all the time my attending will be off starting next week Weekend, so will my fellow and so that'll totally change again and so it's important to establish really a bond in a way you know like a group text um, as early as possible just so you can jump right in and communicating with one another and that will go ahead and wrap up today's episode i know it was short and super quick but i feel like over the last couple of weeks this has definitely been at the forefront of my mind and over the last week or so with handling this huge team it's definitely been time consuming and i think i've taken a lot away from the experience and so i thought i'd go ahead and share it with you all and so if you ever want to chat with me, ask more questions or learn more, you can definitely follow the Life on the Farm podcast Instagram. If you could follow on Spotify and rate on Apple Podcasts, it would mean the world to me. But until I speak to you all again, I hope you and your loved ones are staying safe and healthy and I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye.